Hello, and welcome to PBD's podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth W. Marshall, and you are listening to Episode 6. Today, I'm pleased to have Ashley Hales, author of Finding Holy in the Suburbs, as my guest here on Peabody's. Ashley Hales is a writer, speaker, pastor's wife, and mother to four. She holds a Ph.D. in English from the University of Edinburgh, Scotland, and after years away, she's back in the Southern California suburbs, helping her husband plant a church, Resurrection, Orange County. Her writing has been featured in Books and Culture, Think Christian, Encourage, The Well, The Inglewood Review of Books, and other places. She is a member of Red Bud Writers Guild, and she's also an editor and contributor at Mudroom. Join me now for part one of my interview with Ashley Hales. Not the very beginning, but I would love to hear more about um, the process, about how you as a writer, I know that's your passion, um, maybe talk a little bit, speak a little bit to that, your passion as a writer and how it led to this particular book with this particular message. And I'll let you actually speak to the full title of the book. Yes, I'd love to. So, I mean, I always grew up writing, you know, in spiral notepads as a child. And I wrote some half decent, half bad poetry in college. But I think I, um, my pathway to writer, to being a full-time kind of writer now, um, really, I, I really started in academia and that was sort of my passion. I thought I was really great at writing about writing and I love, I still love writing book reviews, but through lots of twists and turns in our life, um, I came to the point, I had four kids. We were um, leaving Salt Lake City to plant a church in the Southern California suburbs. I was feeling overwhelmed with four little ones at home and didn't know kind of, I didn't have anything creative for myself. And so I just started writing on the internet (laughs) and, um, you know, that was a few years ago and that became a way for me to have something that was creative, that was sustaining for my own soul and my, and a way to connect with not only people who were reading the words, but with God. And so that really became something bigger than I anticipated. Um, I kind of fell into creative nonfiction, um, and particularly Finding Holy in the Suburbs, this book that's out um, October 23rd, is so exciting because it really was, it, it was my message of trying to figure out a few things. One was, you know, we had lived in different places. And so I was trying to reckon with what does it look like to come home? What does it look like to um, live a really ordinary life in the suburbs? Because we had lived overseas and we had lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we'd lived in Los Angeles and we'd lived in all these different places. And I realized kind of as we were moving home to the suburbs that I had kind of a negative view of suburbia, even though that's where I came from. And I didn't know, can I actually live a full Christian life here in the suburbs or do I need to like move to Africa? Do I have to you know, be- <laughs> be a missionary, right, in Europe? Um, Do I have to live amongst, you know, an impoverished population um, in a, you know, in a downtown urban core? Like, where, 
where do I go to love Jesus? And is it enough that I am right here in the suburbs trying to bring my neighbors to church and be a good neighbor and be a good friend? Um, And so really it kind of came out of my sense of, you know, is God good when our circumstances are not ideal um, and Mm -hmm. they aren't, you know, what we thought life would look like, um, Mm -hmm. is, is God good. And so the writing of the book was both a way to work that question out that yes, God is good. And, and then also to give people like myself who live in suburbia, a way to love God and a way to live for the kingdom of God right at the end of their cul-de-sac. Um, Mm. and you know, I, as much as the book is really particular to my own story and it, I'm finding as people read it in cities or people who've never lived in the suburbs, um, that it is still so applicable because really what it does is it lays out ways that we can be embedded in our place for the wider kingdom of God. Mm. And I love that message because while on the surface, it may sound um, like there's a great deal of specificity. What am I trying to say? <laughs> specificity. <laughs> yes, I love that word. It's a challenging word today um, to suburbia. But really what it speaks to is how um, we find God and know God um, no matter where we are. Yes. And so it's your story and it's unique to you and it's unique to um, women that are raising young children in suburbia. And yet there's a broad, much, much broader mm-hmm. message yeah. in the book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I think we all struggle with so many of the things like about wanting to buy our way to happiness or, you know, to focus on ourselves or the safety of our nuclear families to the exclusion of other people. Um, you know, I think that's just really a very Western kind of American way of viewing the world, even if it doesn't work itself out in the same way in different, you know, differing geographies. Well, and speak a little bit about, um, about how much of the book and how much of the story you feel is, is memoir. I love that it's hard to sort of tease out and separate when we're writing um, Christian nonfiction. Um, our story is our story. So mm-hmm. um, I love that the uniqueness of um, finding Holy in the suburbs is your story. And yet um, it has that wider appeal to other yes. people. But would you say you've woven a good bit of, of memoir in your story. And yeah, I I would say a good third of the book is storytelling. Um, and maybe a good third is kind of some really robust theology and sociology, um, with my academic background, I can't stay away from outside sources. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. And then, you know, a a third too, I would say was, is really practical. Like what are each chapter ends with, you know, some really practical ways to reflect and to move forward in, you know, in our bodies, in our places, um, some real practical steps. So I'm hopeful that it's not only, you know, a, a story that people can lose themselves in, but that it also really propels people to think hard with other people about how to be good mm-hmm. neighbors and how to love their places. Well, um, I'm very familiar with your writing and you started um, this interview with um your, you said you began to write on the internet and you yes. giggled a little bit. And yes. thankfully you did because that's how I know yes. you. And yes. I like to say, I know you and I can call you friend. Yes, and I, for sure. we've actually met, yes. even though 
you're in California and I'm in South Carolina, but I think that's one of the beautiful things about writing um, on the internet. And so I I feel like I know you're writing and I can tell people that I'm so excited about this book because I know what a beautiful writer you are, what a soulful writer you are. And I love, um, I love everything I've ever read that you've written. And so now I get to see this birthed. And yes. there is an age difference. Um, I, I'm 59 and you're raising four young children. Yep. But I want to speak to that for a minute because you just incorporated so many of the um, important, maybe let's say the three legs of a three-legged stool about this book, that it is storytelling, which we love at Peabody's. I mm-hmm. love, and I personally love rich, rich storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I know that you do too. But I can say that there's so much in this book for me to get in, in terms of the deep theology Mm -hmm. and in terms of um, just the biblical foundation and um, your story, sort of your own message as a believer. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited, even though I'm maybe a a few years ahead of you and my children are all adults, but I'm excited to read it personally. And I'm also super excited about gifting it to my daughter-in-law and to my daughter. And so I just wanted to speak to that, that I know yeah. it has cross-generational appeal. And I it think does. that is um, the heart of the, uh, the heart of the message yes. is cross-generational. And there you are in California yep. and here I am in South Carolina. And if you can't tell I'm excited about this book, <laughs> <laughs> then let me say it again and again. And I will also say to people that are listening that I've invited Ashley to come back. I knew that I would have a lot to say to her and that we would talk, um, and I would want to speak at late at length to her about the book. And I was hoping she would have a lot to say. And so next week we get to do part two of this. So that just speaks to my enthusiasm. Oh, thank you, Elizabeth. Yes. Yeah. No, I, it's, you know, it's my prayer that this book blesses your listeners, that it encourages them and that, you know, it pokes at those parts of us that should be poked at to be, you know, a little bit challenged, a little bit prickly sometimes um, as we pay attention to our places. Well, and I like that. I like to be challenged. I like to wiggle in my seat and squirm around a little bit and say, ooh, I think um, I need to hear that today. (laughs) And that subtle conviction from someone who's walking it out or has walked it out. But um, I would love to ask you one thing. I know that you have four small children and I know that you and I have agreed that you have a little bit of a deadline because you're busy with this new book and you have a child napping. And so I want to honor that. And um, as I said to you earlier, before we even hopped on the air I have so much respect for you and I admire um, the fact that you've um, written this beautiful work of art and you've given this to the world um, even though you are a mother of four young children even <laughs> yep. though in yep. spite yep. of in the middle of right. all of that yeah. and then but you um to, that you've made the time I, I respect that and I honor that and I, I I just as an artist and as a mother um thank you for for this book. Mm, You're welcome. One of the things that I would love to know is, um, I love the chapter titles and, um, what is there one part of this that speaking of uncomfortable or prickly that you got into and you said, um, gosh, this, this chapter really is singing to me. This really resonates. Do you Mm. have a part that you would, if you could speak to that, the core part of the message or one particular chapter, do you say, Mm. Oh, Elizabeth, if you're going to sit with this book, don't miss chapter. Yeah. Well, I would say, um, for me, the writing of, I retold the story of the prodigal sons in the introduction. And that Mm. was just a beautiful way for me to internalize the goodness of God that he comes and he runs after 
his lost boy who is, you know, mm. who has returned from the far off country, who is repentant and that he celebrates him and he embraces him and he doesn't shame him. And he also goes out to meet his older son who is hard hearted and won't come into the feast. And so I think getting to kind of put myself imaginatively in that story was just really um, instrumental in setting up the whole book for me. You know, if God is like that father, then how do we love our place as well? Um, Mm. so I think that part, like the writing was really effective for me. Um, then probably the chapter that I was like, Ooh, I don't know how this is people going to land was I have a chapter on safety and I, and I talk a lot about, you know, the, the way that we kind of idolize our own safety or like keeping our kids safe. And so I was, I'm thinking that there might be a little bit of hackles raised a little bit with the (laughs) reading of that. Um, and then, but it's good. It's all good. Um, and then the last chapter is on glory and that's one of the, my favorite themes throughout scripture. And I was able to really weave in some stories. I listened to, um, the song glory from the Selma soundtrack again and again and again, as I wrote that last chapter Mm -hmm. and just felt like, I felt like I got it like that, that chapter, yeah, it's all about coming home and looking forward to our heavenly home that, you know, mm. none of our places will ever fully satisfy us. And yet we have a home that's waiting for us. So mm. those were those were the most kind of impactful bits for me to read in and, and to write. Well, I, I'm excited and I love that you spoke to process a little bit in that. And, I, and I'm going to ask you more about that next Great. week. Sounds um, good. So you can think on that and I can think on that as well. But I love that you listen to the soundtrack um, mm. and to that song to be inspired. And because we as writers are always um, looking for ways to be inspired and mm-hmm. looking for inspiration. And so maybe we can talk about that a little bit more next time. Great. But before we go, will you just tell us again um, how to order the book and yes, and give the full title of the book and your publisher and those logistical wonderful things. Yes. Too. So the full title is Finding Holy in the Suburbs, Living Faithfully in the Land of Too Much. It's out October 23rd, wherever books are sold. Um, you can buy it at my publisher's website, InterVarsity Press, ivpress.com, or Amazon or anywhere else that you choose to purchase books. It's also available on Audible, if you want to listen, and I got to record that as the author, which was so fun. So if you're more of a listener, that is available too. Thank you, Ashley. What a pleasure. Thank you for finding time in your day. And um, I just wish you um, just God's richest blessing on this. And I know that it's going to um, be held by people and it's going to bless people as they, as they work through the pages of it. And um, I just thank you for this time today. And I look forward to talking to you again and having you on next week for part two. Perfect. Um, Thank you for that. That's so generous of you with this book launch that you were able to do that. Um, I have to say I'm filled with gratitude for that. So thank you you again. And um, I'm going to also put in my show notes, um, the specifics, the link for Amazon and so forth. So, and also maybe share with us where you are on social media so people can find you and follow you there. Yep. So my website is aahales.com and most of my social media handles at Instagram, Twitter are at aahales. So it's all pretty easy. 
Well, thank you, A.A. Hales, better known as Ashley Hales. (laughs) I know everyone was like, should we publish? Do you want to do A.A. Hales? I was like, no, (laughs) you can use my name. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Um, I'm so grateful, and I will look forward to um, hearing how your book launch goes October the 24th, the official day, um, and to catching up with you again next week. All right. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Okay. Bye, Ashley. Bye. Thank you for joining me today for episode six. We're grateful you found time in the busyness of life and the fullness of your day to spend a few moments here at Peabody's. Join us next week for episode seven and part two of my interview with Ashley Hales. We're committed to producing content, which brings you a podcast worth returning to week after week, one that you will want to share with friends. We believe that telling others about this podcast is one of the highest compliments you can give and a sign of your support and encouragement. Follow us on Instagram at Peabody's Podcast. Tag a friend there. Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voice message on the Anchor app. Consider giving us a star or two. We love stars and the moon, and we are over the moon when you leave us a review or applause. We just simply love hearing from our listeners. Until next week, pursue the fine art of noticing beauty, awe, and wonder in your daily living. We are here cheering you on as you uncover and discover the beauty of the ordinary. It is no small thing, after all.